Well, it's my pleasure to uh, welcome Lee Yarbrough to come and speak uh, to us this morning. Lee is, uh, is overseeing a whole number of uh, churches in Mexico and also one in Bolivia. Uh, he's part of Jeremy Simpkins' uh, team. They work together with Joe. So Joe, Jeremy, and Lee all meet together. And uh, they really encourage each other and stir each other and they meet in different places around the world. And so sometimes in the UK, sometimes in Mexico. And uh, it's great that they're here together in, uh, in Canada, in Fredericton this week. Lee's been here since Monday. And uh, he's already, some of us will have already seen him in different contexts that we're in. If you came to our All Together meeting on Thursday, you will have heard from him as well. Uh, so it's our pleasure to introduce him to come and speak to us this morning. Let's give him a warm welcome. It's Lee. It's uh, great to be here. I'm supposed to be on, right? There you go. There it goes. Uh, it really is a, a thrill to be here with you. My, I have been to Canada before, uh, but not to this part of Canada. So it's been great. Thank you for having me, as well as all of the team and some of the people that I've met. I've uh, been staying at Gary and Barb's house. We've had a great time. Wonderful hosts, actually. Very good friends. We've had them in Mexico as well. Speaking, Hazel came over, Ollie's wife, and said hello to me. She was in Mexico how many years ago? 19, 19 years ago. We were all younger then. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's been, it's been great. Also, there they are. Pilgrim, there they are. Will and Gail, they've been with us too in Mexico. So it's great to be among friends already and to meet some of you, so thank you for allowing me to be here. Uh, really quickly, just because it helps, a little bit of context. Um, I say, and this is para Santiago y Gabi, yo soy un mexicano atrapado en cuerpo de gringo. I'm a, um, I'm a Mexican guy stuck in a white guy's body, so I don't, I don't look very Mexican, but on the inside, that's what I, I think I am for the most part. Uh, I was born in Texas, sorry for that, uh, grew up in Southern California, I was a uh, surfer dude, and I had hair back then and stuff, um, I didn't come from a Christian family, and my father was a vice president for an oil company, so after uh, my parents got divorced and things, I was kind of a, a, non, a very non-Christian kid growing up and uh, went to a place called Alaska uh, when I was younger, and that's where I had an encounter with the Lord many, many years ago in the most northwesternly point of all of North America that you can arrive at by car, a place called Anchor Point. Uh, it's a very insignificant place. Seemingly, it had less than 300 people living in it, so if you feel isolated here... Just think of Anchor Point, and you'll feel much better about yourself where you live. Uh, just a spot in the road. It, was a really, it really was a spot uh, just on the Kenai Peninsula in Alaska. I uh, used to work in the oil platforms out in the ocean as a roughneck for several years. Got my life on track with the Lord. Then I was a radio announcer for, about, for three different stations. Uh, went to Bible school. I met my wife, who is from Alaska. Her name is Stacy. Uh, she was born in Anchorage and raised there, and uh, we met some mutual friends set us up. Congratulations to the people that are getting married. Uh, 
some friends set us up together. We met on a blind date. Uh, we, went, we went out with a couple of mutual friends. We went to a Mexican restaurant. So several years later, we ended up getting married and moving to Mexico. So I believe in prophetic dating. It's actually really cool. So I believe in that. Uh, so uh, we were married in 1983. So it'll be 36 years this June that Stacy and I got married. We had a one-year-old child uh, when we were sent to Mexico in 1985. Do the math. It's all good. Um, so our first son was born in 1984. So we had only been married two years. We had a one-year-old child, and they sent us from Alaska down to Mexico back in 1985. And so we've been in Mexico for 34 years or something like that this, uh, this summer. And uh, we have now have four boys all together. They're now older. The oldest one is 35. The second's 33. The third one is 30. And the youngest one is 23. Uh, so uh, I have two daughter-in-laws. They're both Mexicans. Uh, one is from La Paz, Baja California. And the other one is from La Ciudad de Mexico, from Mexico City, uh, one of the largest cities in the world. We have two granddaughters with one grandson on the way in August. So uh, that's me. And uh, I'm here with you today. And I believe that um, God wants to speak to us today, which he always does, I believe, when we get, come together. And we're going to speak of a story today. And actually, Mark said it. Uh, when he was giving his announcement about the purchase of the new facility coming up, I had written uh, just a little, it's, it's nothing really profound actually, uh, but I wrote this down when I first came into town, or it was a thought that I had about the new building. It's not about the building, it's about the people. And he mentioned that today. So when you sow in to a building, you're sowing into people, you're sowing into the kingdom, you're sowing into what God wants to do through a facility. But when it's all said and done, it's all about the people, it's about the community, it's about the nations, it's about what the Lord wants to do with people. It's way more and bigger than what a building is. And it's great that uh, it's, it's kind of fun, well, it's not even kind of fun, it's actually fun to be with Jeremy and Anne. Now we find ourselves working together more than ever. They're down in Mexico, we're in England, we're in Africa, we're in Canada, of all places. Um, it's amazing. Um, but it's great to, to be here, and I know he did a great job. Uh, he did a great job last week. I do um, know that. So a few months back last year, I was in Mexico, obviously, where I live, and I really felt that the Lord asked me a question. Now, I'm not the type of guy where I say the Lord speaks to me every day or I feel like I hear the voice of God all the time. I'm not one of those people. I'm just kind of a pretty ordinary guy. Um, and, but I really felt like the Lord asked me a question uh, last year, and it, was, it, was, it just went like this. Will you continue, this is where I really felt what he said, to take steps of faith? Will you continue to walk in faith with me and take steps of faith regarding your future? And like any wonderful Christian and a minister and been around for a long time, I said, mm, I think so. I didn't just say, yes, yeah. I thought that's an important question because it means something. And as we look at our story today, and I can tell you after being in Mexico for so long, um, that's a continual question. Will you continue to walk by faith? And I think 
I said, yes, I think so. And I think that um, the Lord will actually ask you that question today. Whatever your circumstance, if you're a believer here, definitely you will understand some of what that question might mean. If you're not a Christian here today, the question for you would be, are you willing to put your life in God's hands and trust in Him for the first time and then start a journey of faith? So there's, the question applies to each and every one of us. It doesn't matter how old or young we are, where we've come from or where we're going to. The question remains the same. Will you walk in accordance with what the Lord might be asking each and every one of us as individuals, different situations, married, single, whatever we are, as far as our, our, our place in life, are we going to be willing to do that? Uh, so that's where we're kind of heading today. And uh, we'll start looking at the story. We're going to look at Genesis. And I was sorry about the media guys up there. I came in and told them I needed some scriptures on the on the on the screen, but hopefully they'll get there. But we're going to look at the story of Abraham, starting out as Abram, obviously. If you've been around Christianity a bit, you might understand a little bit about the story of Abram uh, and his wife, Sarah. But the story, we're going to read it, and it's going to be in Genesis chapter 12. I don't know if it can be thrown up. There it is. Um, it says this in verse 1, the Lord had said, past tense to Abram, go, and this is like a recounting of something that happened or what he had spoken to him. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years young, old, when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarah, his, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. And then we'll pray really quickly. Father, thank you for who you truly are. We commit ourselves to you, to the word of your grace today. Just uh, give us ears to hear what you want to say. Give us eyes to see what you'd like to show us. Father, captivate our hearts with what you would like us to do. Uh, Father, help us. Help the kids today in their classes. Help, help us all today just to uh, respond to you, to your provocation, so that you and all things might be glorified in and through our lives in your name. And we say amen. amen. So simply put, the definition of faith that we need to put in just for the backdrop is really is where you put your trust. It's complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Faith, uh, sometimes we think it's some kind of this weird thing inside of us, this faith thing. It's actually what it speaks of is what do you trust in or in whom do you trust in? Where is your reliance? Where is your confidence? The synonyms for that would be belief. Where is your belief system? Where do you, what do you believe in or who do you believe in? Where are your convictions? What are you convinced of? What have you actually become convinced of that things will be this way? And where do you, uh, sorry, I don't speak in English, but like a couple times a year. Donde está tu convicción? Where do you put your conviction? Where are you putting your trust, your reliance, and your total dependence on, on what thing or in what person? Abram here, he recognized, he had heard the voice of God. But he's still in this stage of his life very limited in his knowledge of him, meaning the relationship with him and responding to what the Lord had said. He had a lot to learn. 
Kind of like all of us, I think. That's why I love the Bible. It's a mega narrative. It's a story. Creation to the end of all things. Eternity, actually. And it's a big story with guys and girls, men and women, younger and older, believers, non-believers, that are in all of these stories that we have here. And you and I, we fit in all these stories at some stage in our lives or at some stage of the lives of, of the people we encounter in Scripture. So we have to understand that. So he's recognizing, Abram is, the voice of God. God says something to him. And I think the question would be, do you ever feel that the Lord has spoken to you about something? Have you ever had like a thought, maybe, maybe I should do this, or maybe something like this should happen with my life, or maybe I should consider doing something? Is the Lord speaking to you? He says, it says that he recognized, really, he heard the voice of God, but there was many things that he had to learn. Now, this call of Abram wasn't just about himself, just like the call of God upon your life and my life isn't just about me. It's not like the song goes, it's all about me. No, it's, not. it's all about you, and all this is for you, for your glory and your faith. It's not about me as if you should do things my way. Okay, it's the other way around. And so what happens in this call, it's a prophetic call to the nations. This is actually a prophetic picture from way beginning in the beginning of time, basically, to actually what the Lord would do ultimately through Jesus Christ himself. And through that, all nations would be blessed. There will be a blessing to have a nation or the nations be blessed through him. So it's going to be a people of God. If you read your Bible a bit, up until this point, in Genesis chapters 3 through 11, we have three main cases of judgment against humanity, or where God says it will not be this way. You have these people called Adam and Eve in a garden. They sin, and they are expelled from this garden. They were put out. Then there was a flood. Do you remember the flood? You might have heard about the flood. This is what's going to happen this spring here in Fredericton, not literally. Then you have some people that says, we will make a tower to heaven. We are going to do some. God says, no, this is not going to happen. I'm tearing it down, the tower of Babel. So then you have, you come to this story of Abram, and Abram had heard, but there was one small problem that's, we won't put it up on the screen, but it says in chapter 11, verse 30, now Sarah, Abram's wife, was childless because she was not able to conceive. Okay, I'm going to bless you. All nations will be blessed through you. But, you know, just, a, just an afterthought or actually a thought about this, uh, Sarah can't have children. She's unable to conceive. And it's actually an interesting comment. It's actually right before you get to verse, or ch sorry, chapter 12. The title, if you want the title. Do you guys have to have titles for all these messages? Okay. Yeah, who said yes? We have a no and a yes, so we have a schizophrenic church. No, um, it's just being blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. There's no. If you want to know what Christianity can be summarized in, as far as purpose and things, God wants to bless you, so that you will be a blessing. End of story. Blessed to be a blessing. So the question is, it says. They had gone on, they're on their way to Canaan, they've left Ur, but they'd stopped in this place called Haran or Haran, however you want to say it, Aran. and then it says they settled there. <coughs> question, another question today, in, in cuanto a tu fe, in regards to your faith, have you settled 
or are you on the move? Have you just kind of settled? Okay. I think we can settle too much and get sidetracked from what God wants to do with us ultimately as a people. Now, Abram, at this time, he's going to take to the road again, because that's what he was called to do. And actually, God, he would learn still that God would become everything for him. We heard a great story this morning, which I believe I have just a little prophetic word for Santiago y Gabi, in that they're talking about the faithfulness of God. Now, I have lived in, well, in Mexico for a long time, but I did leave the States to go to Mexico. Yesterday, I was in their house, muchas gracias por la comida, um, and we had a nice time visiting. They shared a little bit of their story. Their story, they're not sitting in Canada just because of a job. They're sojourners on the move. They're, they didn't even, they're trying to settle, as it were, with an opportunity and tempted to go back. Now, they didn't say this. And they could have made a phone call, I don't know if you heard that in a testimony today, for finance and things, but they said, no, we are going to believe God. We're going to continue to learn to have faith, to trust. Where is our dependence, alliance, or uh, reliance on things like that? It's going to be in God himself. And I asked them, and I don't know because I haven't been here before, about a Latin community in this area or this region of Canada. And they'd say, oh, yes, very much so. And they're connected into that community. The Lord actually will use your testimony. The story's not for you. The story is about others that are sojourners from other nations that come through here that actually you will share your story to bless others as the Lord has blessed you because you will be able to speak to other nations and other Latinos that, sorry, white people, the white people don't understand. And you can say, this is how the Lord works. This is how the Lord moves. And let me tell you my story. Let me tell you our story about faithfulness to children, about faithfulness for finance, about faithfulness of the people of God in the community. One of the things I didn't say too strongly today, I feel like I'm hyped out and I've only had two cups of coffee, is... The fact that they said last night, and I just say this to all of you, they said it a little bit today, they were so, so, so appreciative of this community, to many of you, and to not only the leadership, but home group and people, and they're just saying, we have found family, we have found community, and if you actually live in a Latin context, which I do, family is huge. Okay, it's, it's different than Gringolandia. Gringolandia is the United States where all the white guys live. Gringolandia is white. The thing is this, for Latin people, community is huge. And for Latin people to come here, I'm totally off track. And to say that this is community, that is a huge well done to you guys. It's very commendable because it's not easy to find. Thank you, Lee, por, por nada. Pero Dios los quiere usar grandemente para hacer una bendición aquí a todos los latinos, no solamente los gringos, sino en serio, a todas las naciones que vienen para acá. Okay. Um, so, so Abram, it says, he went, and Lot went with him. He was 75 years old when they set out. His wife, he took his wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, and all the possessions, things that they had acquired, because they were going to be a blessing for the nations. I believe this church is a church called to be a blessing to the nations. I believe this church is called to bless a region, which is Atlantic Canada, 
But I was looking around the room. Many nations, I think, are represented here. And when we say nations, I believe nations are in God's heart for you guys as this people here to go to the nations and to effect. Now, you will sit here and say, well, I don't feel called to the nations, but, but actually you are called. Okay, some will go. Yes, some will literally get up. Don't leave on preaching. Some will get up and go because they are called to another country or another city. Many more will stay, and that's a good thing, but we're all called to participate. We're called to participate in encouragement. We're called to participate in praying for one another. We're called to participate in giving. Yes, actually, we all are called to participate. We're all called to be missional and incarnational. We are the body of Christ. We are the expression of Christ in the earth, okay, right here in Fredericton, all of us, every single one. Wherever you live, wherever you move and have your being, we are called to be missional. We are blessed to be the blessing of God to the people around this community, ultimately to other cities, the nations of the, the, of the world, wherever the Lord will send you or whatever the Lord will do with you. And you don't actually anymore have to go somewhere to find the nations. God sends the nations to the cities. God sends, if you were to listen to these guys over here, okay, yesterday they told me, well, we tried to get to Canada, I don't know how many times, por lo menos tres o cuatro veces. A few times they tried to get here. And it didn't work out. And it didn't work out. They weren't trying to get here in Fredericton. They're trying to go somewhere else. But because of fortune or luck. No, 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 no. But because of the fact that God wanted them here in this community with you. And we sang a song of uno, dos, tres. Um, all of that. God finally opens up the door so they sit among you here. That's God. It's the sovereignty of God. I was... Uh, since I came here, since I gave my life to the Lord in, uh, in Alaska, or the Lord got a hold of me there, in a little church, I called a mega church. The church, again, a village of 250 people, had about 50 people in the church. If you do the math, that's like 20% of the population was in the church. It's a mega church. Um, the Lord got a hold of me there. And what it means is, it was in this little basement, a daylight basement of a church. And I cried out to God, which we'll get to eventually at the end of this message, if we ever get there, that I said, God, I will go wherever you want me to go. I will do whatever you want me to do. And I sat in the living room this morning in in Gary and Barb's place, okay, having a really nice cup of coffee that Gary makes for me every morning. He's amazing. And I was in a little basement, a daylight basement, looking out, seeing the sun come up. I thought, God, you're really faithful. You're really good. My journey started in a little basement place, in a place that would, you would say is very insignificant. You might, seem, you might seem to think, or you might think, that you are an insignificant person tucked away in northeastern Atlantic Canada somewhere wondering, what in the world am I doing here? It's still snowing in (laughs) mid-April. A storm is coming tomorrow, just so you know. And I'm on the plane before it hits. (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay, I will be thinking of you and praying for you and all of that. But I want to say this. You are not insignificant because God 
makes you significant. God in your life makes you a significant people, significant persons, a significant city, a significant village, because God is doing something with you. And that's what makes it all significant. So we need to open up our understanding a little bit, and I have to move really fast or I'm never going to finish. But it says here, it says, he is being asked, Abram is to leave his country, his people, his household, everything that he knew. It's a big ask. He's asking him to leave. Why is that so important? Because for many of us, that's where we get ultimately our identity from, our security from, and everything that it implies, your household, your country, your people. But those very things at times can hold us back from what God is calling us to do. Sometimes, not here, but in Mexico, we have some people that are too influenced by their family from what God wants to do with them, too influenced by the pursuit of a career, too influenced by the pleasures of life. And it holds them back from what God is saying. He says, leave what you know as home, where you're rooted, you're grounded. There was idolatry back where he came from as well, but that's in all the cities of the world now anyway. But actually, he's being asked to change his whole identity and everything that he's believed and trusted in because God was going to show him something. He left without knowing where he was going. To a land that I will show you. To a land that I will show you. Are there reasons to stay? Yes. There are times when we need to stay to take care of family. I understand that. There can be illness or limitations physically for ourselves, our family members, and we have to stay. But please let us be missional, on mission, blessed to be a blessing wherever we, wherever we may be at at this time. He's going to the land that's going to be shown to him, but it's always an adventure. There's stories. There's an adventure and, and God's doing it with all of us. There's different stories. But this land, if you study the scripture, land is, in the Old Testament especially represented blessing. And so he was going to show him a land, and there would be wealth. God was going to bless him, yes. But also there was a land where he was going to sow seed and crops would be produced. There would be tangible evidence of the blessing of God for the people to see around him and all the nations to see as the blessing of God was pour, being poured out. And it says in the text that we read, five times at least, it says, I will. I will make you, I will bless you, as opposed to the we will of Babel. God will lead and guide. He knows where to take us and when to take us. And he will never, I've, I can honestly say, I have been, oh God, that's one of the most actually spiritual prayers you can actually pray. Oh God, help me. Because when you come to your end, that's where things begin in God. When everything else you've tried, you say, okay God, I give up. I can't do this on my own. He says, thank you very much. Let me work through you. He will never lead us or take us to a place and say, now you try it and get on with it without giving us the grace to do what he's asking us to do. God isn't caprichoso. I don't even know what that is in English. He's not capricious. Is that the word? He's, he's not that way. He's not going to be, he's not some kind of a, okay, I'm sitting, see if you can, <laughs> you can, no. Without giving us the grace 
The Holy Spirit is power to do what he's called us to do. God's faithful, and he's a good God in all of those things. So God commits himself to Abram, and he is a covenant-keeping God. This is what we need to remember. What he does ask us to do, he will keep his covenant with us. He's not going to say one thing and then just kind of walk away and not, in other words, he's not not committed. He is committed to the process with us. He's there with us all the time. He says, I will do this with you. After all, Abram, it becomes father of faith, right? Father Abraham had many sons. Okay, he is the father of faith, but still there's still the issue of Sarah's barren and she's the most unlikely candidate for all this to be fulfilled. There's a huge obstacle here. And we can look at ourselves, and I honestly can say that's happened to me at times, and say, I'm not the candidate for this. I'm kind of like, we can disqualify ourselves very easy at times. Me? Nah. Mm -mm. It's for somebody else. Blessed. I was thinking about this. I knew I was going to say this because it's in my notes. But I was sitting here in the worship thinking about this once again. Do you really feel today blessed? Just stop for a moment. Are you blessed by God? And I just put a little list together. It says, if anybody in Christ is in Christ, the old is gone and new is coming. They're new creation. Remember that if you, if you know a little bit about the Bible. It says that we once were not a people... Now we're the people of God. Once we were enemies of God, now we have been reconciled. Once we were far off, now we're close in to God. We have perfect access. Once we were lost in our sin and depravity and things, we have been found. Once we were slaves to sin, now we're slaves to righteousness. Once we were without hope, now we're full of hope. Once we were alone, now we are in family. Once there was a, no reason to live or purpose, or we just kind of aimlessly wandering about, now we have a reason and a purpose to live. Not to mention, we're sinful, now we're holy and righteous. And it says, all of this is from God. Right. Woo! That's pretty good news. Okay? Salud. It means bless you in Spanish. Um, and I, I just say it like this, just so you know what's on my notes. And I put, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And besides all of that and more, there's a thing called eternal life. Okay? Question, do you feel blessed today? Think about what Christ, we sang about what Christ has done, what it all means, the, what, it, what it implies to us as the people of God, a special people, a peculiar people. God is committed to the process. As Philippians 1 says, and this is one of my favorite texts in the whole Bible, I thank my God every time I remember you. And I thank God for a lot of people now that I have in my life from around the world, from this guy, a lost roughneck out in the oil platforms, sitting in an insignificant place in Alaska that God gets a hold of, and sitting in Barb and Gary's house 30-something years later, 40-something year, so years later. I'm 60 this year. Okay, I'm going to be 60 okay, in a, couple, a few more months. And I'm just sitting there going... Man, God, thank you. What a privilege to be called a child of God. And you know what? Nobody goes around looking for anything. It's been all given. It's all been given to us. And so we are blessed. And it says, I thank God every time I remember you. And I will remember you guys. Yeah, I don't know if, when or if I'll come back. I really don't know. 
But it says, in all my prayers for all of you, always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel uh, from the very first day until now. And it says, I'm fully convinced or fully uh, persuaded, being confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you, the one who began in you that work, he is the one that will carry that out until the day of Christ. He is committed to his people. He's committed to you. He's committed to your life. He's committed to your future. He's committed to this walk by faith because of who we are, okay? So that's a little bit about the call, okay? He's called. We're doing three points. That was the first point, and I will go quicker, more quickly, because my wife is sitting right here. She's saying, be quick. Don't go long. Don't go long. I have two consciences. I have my own and then my wife, and even though she's not here, she's always here, so I can hear her right now, okay? She told me, actually, yesterday at the lunch, she goes, don't preach too long tomorrow, she really did. said, thank you, honey. She goes, enjoy your lunch. said, great. Yeah, thanks. The journey. We're all on this journey, aren't we? We are. We're on this journey. Let's live at least, even if we're not going somewhere physically, let's be on the move in our hearts. Let's be participating in here what God is doing with all of us together. They had settled too much. Have you stopped? In your walk with God, have you stopped? Settled. I have wanted to settle for many, many years, and I haven't been able to. Um, I've tried, but I can't. And I even said it on this trip, and Jeremy says, no, 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 you're not called to that. I, I, I'm not making that up. He said it this week. We were talking about something. I said, you know, I just like to, this is good. He goes, no, you, you can't do that. Thanks for saying that, Jeremy. <laughs> have we stopped? forgotten what God's called us to be? Are we distracted? We become distracted by that. He's on the move at 75, and they finally arrive at this Canaan land, okay, with everything that they had. But then a famine comes, a famine comes. So they go down to Egypt. I'm skipping over a lot of the story just because of time and things. So they go down into Egypt, and Abram is worried as they're going down into Egypt because he has a really good-looking wife, okay? You can read the text if you want, okay? Um, I'm not making this stuff up. But he has a plan, Abram does. He says, it's actually Abram's worried about himself more than his wife. He's worried about himself because she's beautiful. The Egyptians are going to see her coming down and, <laughs> we're getting rid of this dude and we're taking his wife. It's exactly what is in the text, in the vernacular, okay? Don't get offended by that. The Egyptians will see her, know he's her husband, so they're going to kill me, he says to himself. And so he comes up with a plan. This man with the call of God on his life, the blessing of God for the nations, he has this wonderful plan, even in the midst of God's promise, and it was still valid, and he's worried, so he says, honey, look it, as we're going into town here, uh, they're going to think you're really like nice looking. We know that you are and all that. It doesn't say that he's nice looking ever anywhere in the text. It's about her. It's about her because we know it's all about the ladies when it's all said and done. So I'm tired. This is why I get silly this way. I'm sorry. Um, and so they're going into Egypt. They're going down into town. He says, okay, look, just we're going to say that you're my sister, okay, because I don't want him to kill me. And that's what's going to happen 
and I want to be treated well for your sake, so you're going to be my sister, and my life, my life will be spared because of you. And I put it in parentheses just because so I wouldn't forget it. That's just kind of weird and twisted. <laughs> I don't think my wife would go for that plan today. If I would say, honey, uh, you're just gonna, I'm going to give you over to another person. Pharaoh took her in to be his wife. That's all that needs to be said. He treated her as his wife. While all of this happens according to Abram's plan, supposedly, she's in the palace. There's no details really, but it is his wife now. And he was treated well for his wife's sake. And they were, quote unquote, given possessions. There were sheep, cattle, donkeys, camels, men, servants, and maid servants. But then what happens is, Pharaoh is become sick with disease in his whole household because of what was happening and because of Sarah being there. And he says to Abram, what have you done to me? Why have you done this to me? He says, why didn't you tell me she was your sister or your wife? And why did you tell me she was your sister? This, you guys have to go, leave. And they did with all the wealth and things that they had acquired. Okay. And then it says, after they go back, there was a problem with Lot, Abram and Lot, his nephew, skipping over things. So they separate. And I believe, too, I was thinking about this because, just so you know, I have spoken on this text before in a different context, but I was going over this again. And it says that all the land, it says, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, look around you from where you are, north, south, east, and west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. Okay? Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land for I'm giving it to I believe, and I, I really had the way this went out last couple of days. I really do believe here in this region and with you as a church, I believe there is a north, a south, a east, and a west for you guys to encounter. I really believe that. And I think we need to consider that, be open to that. I believe this church is called to make an impact beyond his local community. I know you've heard that before, but I believe that that is still the case. Look around and see what God might do with you and what he wants to do with you, okay? And so, as a story continues, okay, there's another vision that comes to Abram further on in the text in chapter 15, where he comes to him and he says, don't be afraid, Abram, I'm your shield and your great reward. Like many of us on this journey, on this faith journey that we have, I believe Abram when he says at face value, I believe face value in the text of scripture. He says, sovereign Lord, what can you give me? I remain childless. What can you do? He'd heard the promise. He'd, he'd been on the road. What can, what can you give me? He goes, because a person from my estate, a servant, Eliezer from Damascus, he's going to inherit it. And Abram said, you have given me no children. I don't know if it was a complaint or a statement of fact. So a servant at my household is going to be an heir, some person outside of my own home. And if you do have kids and stuff, you want to give them an inheritance. That's one of the things we love to do is to bless our family, bless our children. And so, and this was huge back in these days, especially as well. Um, and then it says, the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son of your own flesh and blood, even though your wife is barren. He took him outside, says, look up in the sky and see if you can count the stars, if you really can. That's the way your offspring will be. He believed the Lord, and it was credited him to righteousness. The vision is important, I believe, because all of us, 
Okay, you're looking at a guy that's like this. The thing is, it says that the way, a lot of times it says in Old Testament, it says, fear not. Okay, but he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Are you ever fearful of things? I am. Are you afraid to take a step? Are you afraid to make a decision? Are you afraid because even though you think God's behind it and impulsándonos, it's giving us the impulse to do it, that you go, mm, I'm not so sure about that. He says, don't be afraid. And maybe he was a little bit afraid or uncertain about the promise of God being fulfilled in his life. Maybe, you know, maybe we're a little bit afraid, afraid of the unknown at times. Sometimes other people make us fearful. Sometimes in ourselves we're like that. Of the new thing, you know, God is doing it. God is doing a new thing. You know, he's doing it. It's an old song from my generation back then. Um, of a new thing, to step out, the present situation. Ah, what about past mistakes? Any of us in that category? Along the way, I've made some mistakes. I'd like to have some redos or do-overs. You know, I have four kids, and there's some things that I would like to go back and have a redo on. I was too legalistic. I was too driven. I was, trying, I was more about me than other people just to name a few things, but that's not what you want to hear today. But he says, what can you give me? These are real issues for him, real issues that he's going through. The dream, I had a dream. Is it over? A loss of perspective, resigned to the fact, you know, that was really good. I remember when God spoke, but I think maybe it's a little bit too late now because everything that's happened, uh, you know, I just don't think it's going to work. He has questions and doubts about the promise of God for himself. Do we? Maybe, at times. The way the situation looked. So God reassures him, and he takes him outside. Now, I just look at it this way. He pulls him outside of a tent, and he says, look up. Look up. Look at these stars up here. Okay? Just a change of perspective. Do not set our, our beast or our eyes on earthly things. God always wants to have us look at Him, looking up to Him. Because when you see Him there, sovereign in glory, the resurrected Christ, triumphant, the one who lives to intercede for us, the one that's with us and everything, then actually it changes how we deal with things on earth. He's changing his focus. He's taking him outside. He's not looking at himself. Look up, count them. I would ask you to do that in the coming days sometime. Just the next, not tomorrow because it's going to be snowing in the next day. Maybe the next day, but there is a plus one coming. You got to look up the video, plus one. It's really cool. Um, so now you would think he's really on track now. Okay. Made a mistake. Got a vision again. Got spoken. I don't have to be fearful. He's changing my perspective. And everything is really great. Now it's Sarah's turn. The barren one. She says, I've got a great idea for this issue that we have here, Abram. I want you to go sleep with our maidservant, Hagar. So maybe through her, this is how this whole plan is going to work out. This is a dysfunctional couple. Seriously, Sarah, you're my sister. Hey, husband, go sleep with the maidservant. The called ones of God, you're kind of going, really? 
This is pretty dysfunctional. If you ask me, now I don't know what you think, but I think it's kind of weird. Okay? And so Abram, the man of God, says, No, that is never going to happen. The Lord's going to fulfill his promise through us just as he said. We're not going to do that. He goes, Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> this helps me. Not in that area. It helps me in the fact that these wonderful, that are now heroes of faith for us all, that are in Scripture, we can learn from them. There are real struggles, real issues that they deal with in their lives. So she does become pregnant. She has this baby called Ishmael, all that. We do not have time to go there, okay, with everything that happens. But they've made some big mistakes along the way, just like some of us in Mexico have, not here in Canada. Maybe we have as well. Would you like to have a few do-overs? I would. I really would. I'd like to do some things differently, but... God redeems things. And there are setbacks. And I've had setbacks. You've had setbacks. And those challenges are ever-present for us and family and different things like that. But I love it. But the one God himself, God who is rich in grace and mercy, comes to them again. He comes to us again. To you and I, his mercy is new. Cada mañana, every morning as we wake up, cada despertar, God's with us. He's merciful. He's forgiving, he's loving, he's caring, and he will fulfill his plan in my life and in yours. God comes and visits Abram again, chapter 18, and he asks Abram, it's a theophany, it's an apparition of Christ or God himself in the Old Testament. He asks, where's your wife, Sarah? He goes, oh, she's in the tent, okay? And he says, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening. La chismosa. Okay? At the entrance to the tent, that means she's a gossip. She's in there listening. Okay? La chismosa. That's a good word to learn in Spanish. La chismosa. Okay? Um, and so Abram and Sarah were already... Now, it's not, it's not that you're just old. It's like you're very old. That's older than old. Very old. Okay? Even I got that one figured out. And Sarah is past the age of childbearing. So Sarah, it doesn't say she laughed out loud. Actually, a lot of people misquote that. It said that she laughed to herself. <laughs> yeah, right. Just listening out there. Listen to what these guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, in your dreams, okay? And she's thinking to herself, after I'm worn out and my Lord... I've heard some guys around here say, oh, my Lord. I'm thinking, my Lord... Hefe, you know, Lord, he's very old now. He's not just old. I mean, he's really old. And after I'm worn out and old, am I going to now have this pleasure? And then the Lord says to Abram, why did your wife laugh? Why did Sarah laugh? Will I already have a child now that I'm old? And this is the thing. Is anything too hard for the Lord? It's what's spoken. Is anything too hard? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Because after all, He is Lord of heaven and earth. He is the giver and taker of life. He's the one who holds it all in His hands. The reason why you and I are even here today is because of the will of God. That's why you're here. That's why you're a believer. It's not something that we decided of ourselves, but actually it was foreordained to happen before we were even born. He knew us even in our mother's... He actually, before we were conceived, He knew us. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'm going to come back at the point in time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, the woman of God as well. So she lied again. 
It said, I didn't laugh. He says, yes, you did. When God says, you, when you try to deny something, God says, no, really, it's, it's better to say, okay, yes, you're right, Lord. It's really okay. And you're going to have a baby. So God does the miraculous with her, as we know in the story, if you know your Bible a little bit. What, seemingly, what seems to be impossible to happen, happens. And he was gracious to them. And he'll be gracious to us, all of us. I said, let's dare to trust him once again. Not back there, but present day. Let's trust him once again in what he wants us to do. And He's 100 years old now. 25 years had passed. Sometimes we're in a big hurry for things to happen, uh, but it takes time. And it's all in the timing of the Lord. It's not our time frame. I would love to rush things. I would love for certain things to happen, and it frustrates me to no end at times, but I just can't do it, okay? And then the last little point, really quickly, is the sacrifice. The very thing that was God-given was a thing that God asked him for, okay? It says, take your son, this little guy named Isaac, the promised one. He makes me laugh. Go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him. There's a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you, okay? The language is obviously, if you remember before, prophetic in the sense of take your son, your one and only son. Remember Jesus, the one and only begotten of the Father, okay? He'd waited 25 years for the son to be born. He was precious to him. My kids, I have four kids, okay? I think they're precious to me, and I think I'd probably give my life for them. I would hope I would. Because would. when people, and these guys know it in Mexico, you can be the most dysfunctional family ever. You can have the biggest problems ever. But when somebody comes and attacks your family, everybody rallies around, and we will defeat whoever's coming against us. Okay? And I believe that Abram at this point, he had learned that his son wasn't his, in a sense. It was given to him by the Father. It was miraculous. It was something that, it was precious, yes, but he belonged to God ultimately. And all that we have, whatever it is, has been given to us by God himself. And we're called, you and I, doesn't matter where you go, if you stay, Whatever the situation, you're called to sacrifice it all. Your very life. The life that was given to you because of Jesus Christ through the Father. He's actually asking you to give it all. Every day where you stand. Your life has been blessed to be a blessing to others. It says, Paul says it like this, further on. says, in view of God's mercy... How merciful you've been. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Holy, separate to God. Acceptable to God. That's how you worship. Worship is a life and a lifestyle. If I can say it like this really nicely. Not just singing songs on a Sunday morning. Your life is worship. Let people experience God through your life. If you want to find your life, you sow it. You lose it. If you want to be great, Jesus said, you'll be a servant. And that's what life, and that's why we're here, is to sow our lives into others, to the community, the nations. You open up your home. You share bread. We have a saying in, in Mexico, si no tienes suficiente comida, eches más agua tus frijoles. <laughs> and that simply means if you don't even have enough food, just add some water to the beans so you have enough to share around. It's a truth. Seriously. Say it's on dicho no. 
I'm not lying. I'm not making this stuff up. I got my witnesses right over there. Okay? So, he wants all of your life, but that's the thing we treasure the most, isn't it? In today's society, self-preservation, image, success, wealth, we work really hard at it, and we invest a lot in it. Something that is actually perishing and wasting away. This little body, little you know, short, squatty body that I have, it's wasting away. Okay? But he's given it all to us. And he wants us to actually fulfill the great command. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Remember that one? The first greatest commandment of all? Oh yeah, and the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything depends on that. And that's what we're about as Christ Central. Those of us that are a little bit older, okay, I can count myself that 60 and above, okay, I believe that there are, there's a lot of younger people here, I can see you, which is really cool, actually a lot of younger people here, students and stuff. These younger people, I believe, my own opinion is, they need to see some of us a little bit más rucos, a little bit older people, I want to preach in Spanish, got people over here. Um, us that are a little bit older, not quite as much hair, a little bit more wrinkly, a little bit of spots. All those things that paint a story, there's history in this. There's history, there's a story, a big story, a lot of stories in between. I say, as older people, especially if you're retired, you have some free time, maybe a little bit of extra money. I love to play golf. I'm a sports guy. Yes, I play golf and all that. Okay, I enjoy it with my kids. But time to move and do things still to inspire a younger generation. I believe there's young people that are looking for people to follow, models to follow, and say, if that guy at that age is willing to do that, that inspires me to something bigger than myself. So I would encourage us older ones to actually sow into younger ones, give our time and take steps of faith so that they will be inspired in what God's called them to do. They go up to the, land, to the, to the mountain, and Isaac is smart enough to know. He goes, hey, Dad, i got a question. He goes, yes, yeah, son. He says, you know, we got la leña. we got some wood. we got the fire. I don't see this offering. He goes, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Has Abraham grown in faith and understood some things? I think so. The Lord's going to provide the burnt offering. Again, it's prophetic. And this is high drama. Okay? It's really high drama. I always have wondered, and I don't know the answer to this. We could take a guess. But what's in Isaac's mind? What would be in his mind? I don't know. I really don't know. He was bound. He's placed on the altar. Remember, somebody else was bound, taken, placed on an altar of sacrifice, nailed to a cross, and offered up. The Lamb of God, who will take away the sin of the, the Lord will provide, son. The Lord will provide. And then the knife is raised. Take the knife now, raise it up, and kill him. And he's ready to do it. He goes, Abram, Abram. Remember, he's learning to hear the voice of God. Along the way, he goes, here I am. Thank you for speaking right now. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't do anything. Now I know that you fear God because you haven't withhold the most precious thing, your only son, from me. And there he looked up and there's a sacrifice in the thicket. 
God will provide. And I believe for all of us, this call, the journey, and the sacrifice is for us all. And I put on here, conclusion, amigos. It literally says that, conclusion, amigos. We have an incredible calling upon our lives to be with God himself and to go to the world. It's an amazing journey before us. It's going to be different for all of us specifically, but the same in many ways. The sacrifice is my life is yours. My life is yours, Lord. Do you remember the prayer, that prayer? Maybe in a little village in a basement in Alaska, in the middle of nowhere, complete obscurity. Nobody was there except God. God, your will be done. I'm willing to do, I think, what you want me to do. Are you going to continually, remember where we started, are you going to continue now at this stage of life? And it hasn't been easy. We've had victories and defeats over the last year and a half or so. We've had two of our pastors die. One of the pastor's wives has died. My stepmom died last year. We haven't had parents on both sides of our family for many, many years in Mexico. My kids never grew up with grandparents. We've lived way out there, wanting to be somewhere else at times, but it's worth it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's a great adventure. And when you sow your life into others and you receive the benefit of friends from around the world and people, and it seems like... uh, The things that seem the most insignificant and seem the smallest things that you do become the biggest things in other people's lives. It's not, seriously, it's not not about the Sunday morning. It's about life together each and every day. It's about sitting at the table, sitting at the wrong table with the wrong people, eating their food, having a cup of coffee, inviting them in, just sitting there, weeping with those who weep, rejoicing with those that rejoice. There'll be times of the valleys. Sorry, I'm preaching along. There's times of the valleys. Don't tell my wife whatever you do. Because she will ask me today, probably. There are valleys, for sure, but there's mountaintops. And I'm not even one of these kind of guys, you know, that paint all this stuff. I'm not that kind of... I'm I'm an athlete, okay? There's sun, there's rain, there's wind and snow. There's calm, and there's storms. Summertime's hot. Not necessarily here. It might be for a week or two. (laughs) But when the fall comes, you know change is approaching. There's the approaching winter. Springtime, you guys are dying for spring. I don't blame you. I used to live in Alaska. Spring, the whole thing about new life, everything that happens, the growth, the fresh air, all of that. Every season is different. Every season will have good and bad characteristics or things to them, but God is in every season. God is in, or has been in the season with Santiago y Gabi. Dios había estado en todo. God's been it and with them the whole time. Okay? Like I said, others have gone before. There's going to be laughter. There will be tears. There will be health. There will be sickness. There will be achievements, successes, and mistakes. There will be clarity, and there will be confusion at times, meaning we don't know what to do. We can't go back. There, there isn't like permission to go back. It's like we're moving forward here together. Don't stop. And so I just put, wow, what a story. Such great heroes of the faith. And I don't usually, I don't do this, but it's like, can you hear this story? Can you just tune, just stop for a moment and just go. All these people that are calling us on, they're saying, 
Come on. Come on. You can do this. Come. You can do this. Look at what the Lord has done with all these people just like you and I. Oh, bless you to be a blessing to the nations. That's why Matthew 20, all authority in heaven is big. Now you guys go and make disciples of all nations. You have everything you could possibly need. Everything that you could possibly need. Equipped by God's grace, His power, the Spirit to go and do great exploits for Him. Signs and wonders and all that because He's going to the Father. And one of the best promises that you will ever hear, Jesus says, go. And He says, you know what? Remember the I will bless you and all that at the start of the text? Jesus says something similar. And just so you know, I will be with you. Always. I will be with you. I will always be with you under the very end of the age. And I say it like this. Run well, my friends. Run well. Run well. Run true and run strong until the very end. Run true and strong. By God's grace. So that one day, he'll say, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Thank you that you are the author and perfecter of our faith. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end. Bless my new friends here. Bless this church here. Father, help us just to continually walk in faith in you because uh, we know that you're faithful to what you've promised to us as your people. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Sorry for going a little bit long. Bless you guys very much. See you another time. Another